Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Wretched Hive Podcast. My name is Steve Baldwin, and joining me tonight on a very special episode are Greg, Scott, and Nico. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hey, guys. Woot, woot, woot. Hey, hi, hello, how are you? Guys, super exciting. Super exciting tonight. We are doing our second of what will be, I don't know, nine or ten. Yeah. Eleven. Maybe. Commentary tracks. Yeah. yeah, maybe eleven. Of the film releases of the Star Wars universe. Up next, let's see, what have we done so far? We've done A New Hope. Right. And it's, now... it's a real long <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. We're t- let's start with the well, the one that we've done, and then this is the second. That's right. <laughs> Math is hard. Math is very hard. Uh, we are going in episodic release. Yes. Uh, no, not episodic release. We're doing in uh, release order. Release order of the film. So uh, tonight is 1980s, The Empire Strikes Back. Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back in today's parlance. And so uh, we are watching the Disney Plus version. What you need to do now is pause the show, open up Disney Plus on your television, navigate to the Star Wars section, find The Empire Strikes Back, get it to the menu right before you're going to hit play. Go ahead and do that. We'll wait for you. Do that. We'll wait for you. What should we talk about while the uh, while the listeners? You know. I'm going to throw this out because at, and I'm going to do this in Scott's honor here okay. with us tonight because as we record this show today, May the 26th, we are only one day off of what is actually the real Star Wars Day, guys. Thank May you. the 25th. It's too bad we couldn't do this yesterday, but today, one day off, the 44th? Second. Fourth? And- 44th anniversary of 44 oh. no, no it was 44 for um a new, a hope. new hope yeah new hope okay so it's gonna on be the 25th then for but 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 wait uh, was it mate was it may 25th yeah, for the empire yeah empire didn't come out on the 25th yeah. right greg i think you're conflating no, the two dates it was may 25th I, 1977 I, for a new hope and that was as we record the show that was yesterday uh Oh, sorry. I I didn't get that slick little cue card you put up there, Nico. Let's see what this says. Uh, I can't see. It says I'm giving feedback. Okay, we're we're having some serious audio issues tonight <laughs> and video apparently. Um, <laughs> we've been using um, Discord for two two episodes and yeah. hmm, major problems. Well, an, an episode but, and thirty minutes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, all right, let's just dive in. You should have it queued up. By the way, happy Star Wars, happy actual Star Wars Day to all yeah. the listeners out there. Uh, all right, we're going to press play and we're going to count it down from three. And we're going to go three, two, one, play. 
All right. In true lethal weapon style. And now we have lethal weapon. It's free to play. You go on play. Not on one. We just saw the 20th Century Fox logo. Yeah. (laughs) We saw the 20th Century Fox logo and not Mel Gibson. That's that's right. Um, (laughs) And here comes the video problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we finally have the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away and the Star Wars logo fading into the distance. All right. Uh, a few fun facts about The Empire Strikes Back. Um, released in 1980, directed by Irvin Kershner, of course, produced by Gary Kurtz. Written, of course, famously now by Lawrence Kasdan, but also Lee Brackett. Lee Brackett was hired by the maker himself, George Lucas, to write The Empire Strikes Back. And then she passed away hmm. in 1978. Uh, and that prompted George Lucas to hire his old professor at USC, Lawrence Kasdan, to pen The Empire Strikes Back. And Scott, what a fabulous job Mr. Kasdan did bringing oh. these characters to life in this movie. Absolutely. And he went on to have a hell of a career, by the way. What else is he famous for? Oh, he's written so much, but wasn't he? didn't he direct a bunch of... Uh... Ensemble piece movies. Um, I totally blank in that. <laughs> <laughs> Homework. Uh, it, it only took. He wrote um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Obviously, we're still talking Lawrence Kasdan, right? Yep. Yeah. Didn't yeah, didn't so Raiders Kasdan... of the Lost Ark? He also direct. He wrote and directed The Big Chill, I believe. The Big Chill, right? Um, right. That, and, that you're thinking of. And Grand Canyon was another film of his, um, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. So what what kind of pressure do you think that uh, Irvin Kershner felt to sort of duplicate, you know, the success of Star Wars? And here we see that our first shot of the Star Destroyer launching the probe droids uh, into outer space. I mean, the, you know, the success of Star Wars uh, was just so phenomenal. It just took took the world by storm. And here we have, you know, the sequel, the sequel to Star Wars. My God, the kind of pressure he must have felt. You know, I, 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 that's a good, that's a good question. I, seeing this guy in interviews, I gotta say he comes across as one cool cat, and I don't. There might be that pressure of the follow-up film, but man, everything I've ever seen with him is just fantastic. He's so smooth about it. Just really like, how cool is this probe droid? Oh yeah, I, I love the show, the the. Uh, claymation style shot there. <laughs> stop as motion it, animation. Stop motion yeah. animation as it yeah, drifts yeah. off. By the way, one of my favorite toys too. I think it came with the Imperial Hoth uh, attack base or whatever the toy. That thing was so bitching. The editing here in this sequence, with the use of the puppets and you know how they have uh, Mark Hamill on this. Um, you've seen images uh, or you know like still pictures of the of them filming this shot. Tauntaun. He's on like a, a sort of a half a tauntaun. And yeah. I just the the editing in this opening sequence is is brilliant. So good. I got to give a shout out to, you know, just the this whole opening sequence here, because the, the first one, A New Hope, basically filmed on on two sets. It's the, you got Tatooine and you got the Death Star. Um, uh, and I know before you get all uppity on me about Yavin 4, I think there's like two scenes on Yavin 4. But really, the majority of the movie is in, in, in there's two locations for it um, to start this off on this snow planet. Uh, it just shows 
how they were going to go for something completely, you know, different, new. It's really, it's really simple. That's all there is to it. Just so simple, and and in the in the the subtlety of this is a totally new setting, and yet it's still familiar. It's great. It's just right. genius. Yeah, yeah. Get the Wampa taking out Luke there, dragging him into the cave, uh, and and this is one of my favorite scenes with Han Solo in the entire. Uh, repertoire of that that Han has in in Star Wars, him him coming into the Hoth base, you get you get the shot of 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 course of the Millennium Falcon and they're working on the X wings here. He's yelling at Chewie. He's barking orders. He he's Han at his baddest, <laughs> in my opinion. In this shot and in, in this sequence. And and are we gonna have a debate about the jacket? Because this has been going on for what forty plus years. All right, now, what's right? the what's the debate here? Is it blue or is it brown? Can oh, we this have one this one right here? He's wearing it. Oh no no no! The actual Hoth jacket. The, uh, the overcoat. The overcoat. The overcoat. Oh, the the overcoat. overcoat. Yeah. Oh. Yeah yeah. I believe Greg has a jacket that looks a lot like that one that Han's wearing right now. Nice. Uh, a lot like this. The, uh, the the jacket that he wears proper throughout the movie, I have one very close. It's not an exact screen replica. It was kind of cobbled together out of something else. But yeah. my wife is amazing, and it looks pretty spot on, I must say. So yeah. she did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm giving Greg some props, too, because that whole opening sequence, um, one of the really cool behind-the-scenes feature about that or information is um, – uh, they filmed that right outside the hotel because they were it, like got caught in a blizzard. So they literally went 15 to 20 feet out the front door of their hotel in like, what was it, Norway or Iceland or wherever they were filming it. And uh, there's great behind the scenes shots of them standing there with the hotel right behind them. It's I just, think that's the scene where Luke sees uh, Ben. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. And they and they they had to film that scene with literally like, you know, six feet away from the door. Yeah. Yeah. Ben. <laughs> I love how the walls, I remember as a kid being like, oh, that's so cool. Like they cut out the base inside the glacier, you know, the yeah. walls look like they've been cut out. Which, by the way, is a great reference to Galaxy's Edge. If you haven't been on the oh, new yeah. ride, yeah. looks a lot like the interior hallways inside that ride, which yeah. is so cool. Just not ice. Right. Uh Another fun fact about this scene is a lot of the dialogue was cut out of this, and I really liked how the editing in this turned out mm-hmm. because if you do see the original or hear the original audio or video clips of this, man, there's just some really bad dialogue. And that's with Han and Leia uh, walking through the the tunnels of the Hoth base. Yes. Um, Echo base, I guess. Echo base, um, yeah. Yeah, kind of like arguing. It is very, yeah. Very Lucasy dialogue, let's just say. Yeah, <laughs> Lucasy. All right, so this is the jacket that you were talking about. Is it brown or, or yeah, black? Yeah, there's blue? been a debate forever. Yeah. In fact, Hasbro at one point made both versions of the figure, so you could get the blue or the brown jacket on. Mm-hmm. So this film cost $33 million to make. The original budget was $17 million. Wow. And balloon to thirty three million. Um, there were uh, lawsuits from a couple of different uh, uh, unions, uh, you know, that that were looking for money from Lucas. Um, it was one of the most expensive films made at the time. Uh, 
it grossed in 1980 440 million. So not a bad not a bad investment. No, no. Not at all. Love this scene. This is films that George had to invest his own money in, right? This is all studio money cuz he put his own money into Star Wars when they ran out of budget money, right? Am I right on that? Oh, that's a good question. Was this was this still Fox investing at, at this point? Or did, or was it all Lucas at the at the by the time they got to the prequels, obviously? Yeah, you know, I think on I think in A New Hope, I think they ran out of budget and to finish the film I think Lucas put up his own money, but it with it being such a success, I don't think they were as worried with mm. with this one. I don't think so. I may have that story wrong. I should have done some research. I apologize to the listeners. We should be fired. Yeah, since we're now seeing, uh, no, no, you shouldn't be now. fired. Uh, since we're now seeing the Wampa Cave scene, I want to go back real quick to the Tauntaun uh, moment where we see Han take off on the Tauntaun. I will see you in hell. That's a great line, by the way. Uh, but if you notice in that scene, there is a dead Tauntaun on the ground. I always love that. They couldn't cut that from all the other Wampa material that was cut out of that opening sequence. There's a whole subplot that goes on where Wampas are inside like a sealed room which we do see later on when the Empire invades the tunnels. Um, a bunch of snowtroopers get caught up in one of them and gets basically ripped into the tunnel and shredded. So, All right. Uh, you can watch those scenes uh, as deleted scenes on Disney+. Plus. Just go to the extras. You can find the deleted scenes. And that's actually one of the very clever C-3PO moments that gets cut out is there's a basically a danger Wampa sign on a door, right? And yeah. C-3PO looks at it. Looks back at the stormtroopers who are coming after him. Looks back at the door and rips down the sign, so they so they won't know not to go in there. <laughs> we just had our first little glimpse at Luke using the force there to to pull the lightsaber to free himself from the Wampa. Greg, I have a I, I'm I'm reading on Wikipedia. I have a little uh, insight into your question with the financing. Um, so I'm just reading from uh, Wikipedia. The entry is uh, the Empire Strikes Back. Distributor 20th Century Fox had tried to sell Star Wars to other studios because it feared it would lose money on the over-budget production. But following the film's success by September 1977, it was eager to make a deal with Lucas on the sequel. Unlike the prolonged negotiations of Star Wars, which took years, Lucas was able to strike a deal with, with Fox swiftly, partially because he planned to finance the sequel himself with $33 million from loans and the previous film's earnings. Lucas hoped to become an independent independent from the Hollywood film industry and went against the principles of many Hollywood producers who believe in never investing in one owns, one's own money. Similar to how he set up the Star Wars Corporation for the first film, Lucas created a subsidiary, the Chapter 2 Company, to help minimize the financial risks. So he basically did finance the movie himself. By the end of September, the contract had been signed. The negative cost of the sequel was set at $8 million. Lucas would receive final cut privilege, and Lucas was guaranteed 77.5% of the profits if the film grossed over $100 million. Wow, and the film grossed over grossed $440 million in the first year. So Lucas did pretty well in that deal, I'd yeah. say. All right. He did okay. All right. What's that, Greg? I'm sorry. He said he did end up doing okay for himself, didn't he? He did. Yeah. That's not including all and the then, licensing uh, with the uh, toys and everything else. 
Oh man. We, and we get our John Ratzenberger. Right. Is that our is that our first uh, Rats appearance? He might have been earlier, but definitely more noticeable right here. Mm-hmm. Cliffy. Chewy. Oh, uh, this is probably this. Something about the original Wookiee costume that really I don't think that they've perfected since the first three movies. Um, it's just not quite the same in um, Revenge of the Sith and not quite the same in the new trilogy either. Yeah. Um, Chewbacca's costume yeah. is phenomenal here. I don't know what it is, but something about the 1977-1978 costumes are just so much better than the ones they've done recently. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Nico. It is sad. And 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 Greg, I agree with you too. I, I think part of it is um is uh Peter no, not Peter Mayhew. Um yeah, Peter Mayhew's uh performance sure. there okay. as Chewbacca. Yeah. I mean, just you know, there's so much emotion that he brought to that character. I think I think what they tried to do in Revenge of the Sith was just you know, it, as I'm not knocking Peter's performance, but you know, he was much, much older and not in the best health conditions at that time. So, yeah. uh, but Greg, you're absolutely right. The the costume actually looks real. Like it looks like that's not a person in a costume. That's really a, a thing called a Wookiee walking around, and it never feels fake wonder, to me. Here we've got Ben. I yeah. wonder if it has to do with the materials they use to to make the costume. I think yeah. they used yak hair Did on they? the original costume. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. See? And then they probably used some synthetics in the newer ones, and it just doesn't quite look as right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, where are you going to get a yak in 1999, guys? Wait, you can't where really, you Greg. There's a whole yak union now you have to go through. There are a lot of channels. Oh, I, I just want to say something incredibly, incredibly inappropriate, and I'm just going to hold it in. Okay. <laughs> what? For our show? All right. We're about to figure out the interior temperature of a tauntaun. That's all I'm saying. It's lukewarm. Lukewarm. <laughs> I was drinking. I ah, threw it out there. Best joke We did ever. see our first uh, ghost, too. First, first force ghost. Yes. Yeah. And first non-Jedi to wield a lightsaber. Oh, I didn't think about it. What? Was that our, the first time we'd ever seen a Force ghost? Yes. You only hear Ben in yes, the... Yes, we uh, heard Ben. Yeah, you hear him. Like Scott says, you only hear him. You never actually see him. So now he's actually visible as a Force ghost. All Do right. you know the time jump between four and five? Oh, that's about, a good question. But it's it's it can't be longer than a couple of years. Yeah. Is it three years I'm in between each how one? Long yeah, uh, Empire between Empire and Jedi, it's a little bit less. It might be a year or two uh, because there was, um, which I think is now non-canon, uh, Shadows of the Empire, mm. and it kind of explains that time difference while Han was frozen in carbonite. Yeah, I I still love these the snow speeders. Yeah, and we're here we're seeing four snow speeders searching for Han and and Luke uh, the morning after. Um, Han found Luke, but I, I love the design of these ships. Uh, you know, the the whole just the whole design of 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 uh, of everything in Star Wars just really captured my imagination as a kid, and still to this day, I'm just so enamored with them. I just I just love it. Oh, that's so what, cool. You know, he he used a lot of the same guys, and that team grew 
from A New Hope to uh, to Empire, certainly. But all those guys that he pulled out and put in that little, uh, like, what was it? Um, oh, my goodness. That little industrial complex up in the valley here in that Southern California. That became ILM. That became, was ILM, actually, right. during the Star Wars. Which he basically created at that point. Yeah. So the, all those guys he handpicked out of, like, USC and stuff that he just he, were kit-bashing models, talented, just oh. creative Probably high as kites, but you know. <laughs> oh man, smoking they, dope every day. <laughs> seriously, that's all they did was drink and do that. And they're like, "Well, what are we doing? We're building a Death Star. Okay, whatever." Here we that get is. Luke, Luke in a diaper. Oh, we got the back, the back to tank. The back to tank. We got our favorite FX Seven, the medical droid. Yep. All right there, and two one B over there on the right hand side. Now this scene is some solid gold filmmaking right here. <laughs> you know, you know what's wonderful about about. Um, the Irvin Kirshner uh, directing this film is that I think you get a lot of humanity out of all of these characters. You yeah. get, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the, the love triangle brewing here. Yeah. Um, you get the incest that's going to happen here or, or <laughs> pseudo incest. Of, yeah. Uh, but just, just, the, just the look from Chewie and, and Han and this whole dialogue here, the way he makes it come to life. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene later in in the now I don't want to talk about it too much where where he just well, he just brings brings the 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 emotion to another level I think Kirshner does he's he's able to do what Lucas well really couldn't do so as well I, we got to I mean we're talking about the technical stuff and the and the things that are happening on the film we got to bring in some of the I hate saying gossip but some of the real stuff that was happening behind the scenes oh. because one of the big things at this point in yeah. this series was right. Han and Carrie Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher I'm sorry Harrison Ford I'm I'm, I'm still calling Harrison him Han. Ford and Carrie Fisher were having an absolute raging love affair yeah right yeah i mean they were and they and, were a thing, and I'm and I'm not I'm not saying this to put her was down. He married at the time, by the way. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So I'm and I'm not going to say this to put her down, but oh, here we got General Raikin. I think is I, I loved they carried over the Yavin Four base, all the all the machinery, all the tech, yeah. into this nice ice cavern stuff here. Uh, but right. you know, not putting Carrie down at all. I think these are from her own words, her own books and and memoirs. But she was coked out of her mind at this point, like. And and I'm saying this because you can just see I, she doesn't start losing it until Return of the Jedi, where it gets a little goofy with her acting and stuff yeah. and Han. But this, the chemistry between those two, you can feel. Oh yeah, there's, there's a connection. It's electric. Yeah. Uh, I think with um, amongst the whole group, though, amongst the three of them, they're all like Steve is saying in this whole scene. The three of them are really doing it just a great job and making it all believable in this crazy, stupid story of the snow planet being attacked by <laughs> fucking ice creatures and all this <laughs> bullshit. And they, you really just buy it. I yes. can't help but just buy into yeah. it. Totally, man, Greg. I can't. I can't agree with you more. That's what's you know. If you're gonna. You go all in, and you're going to sell this thing. I mean, look at like Chewie looks like he just went uh, Pacino right there in, in a mound of snow. I swear, he comes up and he's got powder all over his face. I, I love these sequences, but um, no, you're right. The way that the three of them like bonded so well while making this shows, and that's why I feel like a lot of the other ones kind of lack. Mm -hmm. Like they don't have that connection or closeness that they they desperately needed. 
By the way, I love that little shot of uh, the the overhead view of the, I guess you call it like the command deck of the just huge, immense, in the shadow of the huge, immense command Star Destroyer, Vader's new Star Destroyer. What is that ship called? Uh, now, now, I'm going to ask because is it Executor or Executor? Oh, I think I, I've always said Executor. Um, is it the Executor? Okay. I don't know. Executor would be cooler. Getting deep into the weeds. Um, I, I think this is also, I'm going to call out another first here. I think this is the first use of the Imperial March. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think in this film, we hear like 40 times. Yeah. But the, yes, it's all over the place, but this is the first time here. Yes, I agree. And this yep. is this right is here we're and we're looking at Vader on the bridge of the executor. Yes. Yep. And uh, honestly, I mean, God, and this is not saying anything bad about the soundtrack for the first film. All three films are fantastic, but no. yeah. Empire is my favorite. It is absolutely yeah. and it's because it's of this theme. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you, you take something that's really a, a masterwork, which is the episode four yes. uh soundtrack. And Take it up a notch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. George, not George, sorry. Um, John Williams, just an absolute maestro and pulled another one out of his hat yeah. for this one. And just back it up for one second. On the bridge there, we got to see our first appearance of Captain Piet, I believe, who does make it through the three films, or the, the two films, yeah. I should say, at this point. He becomes Admiral Piet. Admiral, that's he? right, yes. So kudos <laughs> to you. Uh, Way to go, buddy. Whatever the actor, I can't remember the actor's name. I always thought in this scene you could Mark's uh, scars that he had in his accident uh, as a result of his accident yeah. were really mo- very visible. Yes, uh, and and even yeah, the first was... scene we see him when they're, he's recovering, yeah. they a lot of cut scenes where they show them pulling the bandages off his face, and they use that to his the the story's advantage. Right. It's pretty well known that Mark Hamill was in a pretty severe car accident following Star Wars and. Had some scarring on his face. Uh, he was lucky to survive. He he has told the story, uh, and he you know they used it to their advantage in this film. Um, yeah, having his face you know has some scars uh, as a result of battle with the with the Wampa. But by, by the way, real quick, as Han's sitting there and they're having their little emotional connection right. while they're he's repairing the Falcon, that is a reuse of the Treadwell droid from A New Hope, which is uh, the droid that Luke pull. was using to repair moisture evaporator. Good pull. Yeah. yeah, down on Tatooine. Yeah, look, look, this ship is not only so massive, like its own Death Star, it it gets its own color for the engines, which <laughs> I thought was great. I love the eggshell uh, uh I don't know what you call it, uh, office space for Vader. His yes. little hibernation chamber. Yeah. His rejuvenation Meditation chamber. chamber. Yeah. Meditation yeah, chamber. There yeah, you go. Right. I love there. There's a great uh, YouTube video of that someone cut together of um, Vader messing with, with, I guess it's general. Is it, is that Piet? No, no, no. Who is that? Uh, is one of them's Ozel. Uh, this one right here is Ozzel. Oh, okay. Piet's right next to him. Oh, this is where he gets right, promoted. Right, right. Oh, yeah, this is where he gets promoted, yeah. Yeah. The other guy he was just talking to um, was the guy who ends up in Indiana Jones of the Last Crusade. He chooses the wrong uh, right. the wrong cup as the Holy Grail. That's right. Dying. So That's right. he makes a career of choosing poorly, apparently. <laughs> 
Oh, yes. You're in command now, Admiral Piet. I like he just gives a nod. Hey, clean up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they built a full-size Millennium Falcon for this, too. You know, they only built, yeah. like, half the ship for Episode Four. That's all they could afford. Yeah. So that's all we see. But in this, in this film, you see uh, much more of it. Carrie's holding it together for being so coked up. I mean, she's... Well, I think she had it under control at this oh, point, oh, okay. if, if you want to call it that. I, I don't want to, you know... I'm not, sure. I'm not telling him, please don't do drugs, kids. That's I all mean, we're saying. You know, I'm on my, like, third beer, you know, on a Wednesday night. Early so. 80s, so, I mean, it, that was pretty commonplace for people back then. It was it was on every street corner. You, there was no problem. And there they, was not really, not really on at all. And, and literally one-third of this movie, they are on a giant... <laughs> <laughs> mound of white <laughs> powder everywhere. That's an excellent point. Oh my god! Um, yeah, if you haven't seen the behind-the-scenes shots, there's some great books and, and certainly online. But Carrie was having the best time of her life. Oh yeah. There's shots of her goofing around with um, uh, Peter Mayhew in costume, mm-hmm. which are fantastic. Yeah. Were the, those were taken little known secret. A snow planet. It is actually a planet of cocaine. A co- <laughs> little known, little, little known <laughs> secret. The first transport is away. Yeah, so, yeah. there's someone famous that does that voice of oh. of the recorded. The first transport is away. And I, God, that's a piece of trivia that I I used to know. I've forgotten more than I know now about Star Wars. I think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. While you're thinking about that, that's yeah. also the first use of the ion cannon. Right? Ah, is that where they can knock out the electrical and all that? Yeah, yeah. Good pull. Also, I don't remember if it was somebody on this show, but somebody taught, like put in the top sexiest. We're going to be total sexist here now. Oh boy, <laughs> we're bringing it all home. Uh, don't me to us, please. No, no, no. Uh, but it's uh, th- at Scott Avansky <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, top five sexiest female. Uh, actresses and that it was the girl calling that you know the the rebel transport lady <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah. like come on that's funny and uh what's his uh his oh. his wingman is um sorry greg dak dak yeah. is the wingman yeah Dead guy is the wingman. Dead, dead guy. Dead guy. <laughs> um, just as the imperial as the imperial walkers come come up, I you know, it's amazing how it was all just brand new. Like all this stuff was so, stuff we had not seen before. Um, just the you guys have already talked about the ship yeah. design and how it just everything just clicks just right. And these things, you're like, how are you ever going to beat these guys when they're coming at you with these giant walking machines? Well, and yeah. what's amazing about this this entire sequence, now we're into the Hoth battle, uh, is that it was filmed uh, and photographed in broad daylight in the snow. Yeah. You know, you, you can hide things at night. You can hide strings and wires. You can you can you can make corrections if with when there's black in the background, but you can't hide much when everything's bright. And what they accomplished here was was nothing less than uh, miraculous. I mean, for the time. Yeah, and you know there is a great uh, documentary about this. If you ever if you ever get a chance to see the original version, um, I know we're watching the this version on Disney Plus. Yeah, you will see the little flaws. But again, mm. this was filmed 
basically at scale models on this inc- stop motion photography with these adats. Right. And yep. at the time it was that they were inventing this. Right. They were creating this moment. So there are things where they talk about where you can see some of the background kind of seep through some of like the foreground uh, imagery. But mm-hmm. even then it's happening so fast. Uh, and and again, this is a this is a space a science fiction fantasy film, and it's taking place on a well lit blue sky snow planet, which looks like some nice ski resort <laughs> instead of right what we've we're so used to space. You know. All right, I've got your trivia question. The speaker announcement of the first transport escaping Hoth was performed by actor Mark Hamill. What? Wow. Who portrayed Luke Skywalker. Good shot, Jensen. First foray, first foray into voice acting? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Possibly, yeah. yeah. That could be. And look at him now. Oh, my God. The Joker. king of voice acting. Pretty iconic roles. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This seriously is so good. So, so I know you had this or have it maybe now. Yeah. But how many of us had the Adat Walker toy? Yeah, it's, toy. it's yeah. That I, thing was this guy did badass. Yeah, yeah, and we, you, we have we have a couple of those. I, I I know we bought one for Nico. I don't know if we bought one for Kyler. Um, the Millennium Falcon. I had one as a kid. Nico had one as a kid. Kyler had one as a kid. We've got three different generations of those That's those Millennium cool. Falcons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yours. Well, once, once, yeah, I had the original. Yeah. I had the remake, which was the same size basically. And then once they started putting out the actual size toys, like the BMF, the big yeah. Millennium Falcon, yeah. they did one of the Adat, and it's massive. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, it's it's so big. They put two snow speeders in the back of that thing. You can launch them out, the like the Endor speeders. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just wow. so crazy, and you could fit the full amount of pilots in the actual cockpit of that thing. Wow, so, yeah, that's it's, cool. It's great. Our first look at the an ATST flying by there. Mm. And honestly, I don't know, Greg. Maybe because you had a lot of the old figures too. Maybe Nico, um, man. I don't know. I, I love the ADAP pilots. Those guys were awesome, or the drivers. They were one of my favorites to play with. They were the gray ones with the little tube. They kind of looked like the the, the TIE fighter pilots, but they were gray and white instead of all black. Yeah. Right? Just kind of build my army, you know. Got, got some different looking stormtroopers. It always weird buying more than one stormtrooper but it was never right having just one either you could never have just one stormtrooper yeah right i i know for like i wasn't really into the, like the concept of troop building as a kid but i remember i'm like i can't have one trooper running around i have to have at least one or two more mm-hmm. so that was one i always yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fight. So there had to be there had to be a couple of stormtroopers around there because there was never you know just one. You wouldn't have you know one stormtrooper going up against all of the all of the rebels. It yeah. wouldn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And 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 I know you got to make a fair kid. What's that? 
you got to make the fight fair, even as a kid. Yeah, certainly. I, I know I'm not going to be in Steve's good graces for saying this, but honest to God, man, C-3PO's look through all three of these films is fantastic. It's very real and gritty and what we like. Everything that I've seen in the sequels, prequels, it's a different thing, but the sequels just did not like his look. I, I got to say, 3PO did not bother me uh, until the sequel films. Yeah. I I I was I loved three PO as a kid. I didn't. He didn't bother me at all. I used to pretend like I was three PO. Hmm. Yeah. It wasn't until I think the Force Awakens that I was incredibly annoyed. <laughs> I think my first instance of being annoyed was in uh, <laughs> was in Episode Two when they're in the droid factory oh uh, yeah Inosa. yeah and all the puns yeah all of the puns back to back to back uh, oh i'm beside myself uh, yeah I it's a nightmare all, the, all yeah. the stupid puns were just awful yeah agreed that was rough you could have just stopped at episode two you didn't really have to go any further than it that. was almost as bad as poe dameron uh dropping a yo mama joke uh in, in the beginning of episode eight that, Man, that really just gets you doesn't it, it God, really I, still I, I never I, forget him for that forgive I, him for that i barely even registered that as even happening in that movie until you brought it up i'm like oh yeah that was a thing oh yeah oh greg here's your uh here's your door moment here they don't show it though <laughs> yeah, so that sign, that sign is Danger Wampas, and he looks at it, looks back, looks at the sign again, and goes and tears it down to try and lure the stormtroopers in there. Which, of course, they're stormtroopers; they fall for it because they're morons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bunch of red shirts. By the way, that deleted. Scene, oh, this is great. Before I get yeah. to that, th these guys are actually pretty cool looking yeah, too. These guys are cool. Yeah. But seeing just Vader come storming through, there, I love like, Vader. Just he's on a yeah. warpath. He knows he's close. He's gonna find him. This is my chance. I'm I'm gonna get that son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm gonna get that bastard Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, how typical! <laughs> come on, <laughs> so good. I know. I love it. I, I I can't help, and I think I said this exactly the same way in our last commentary track on A New Hope. Mm. But both this movie, Empire Strikes Back, and the last movie, A New Hope, are paced so well. They're mm -hmm. not short movies, guys. They, it was not typical of a movie to be at about a two-hour runtime, which both of these movies are. I think they're just, I think they're both just slightly over two hours, and that puts them on the long end. Yeah. But neither one of these feels like two-hour movies at all. There's so much happening all the time. There's so little downtime and it's not like filler downtime. There's not a lot of crazy long exposition scenes getting you caught up in what's going on. All the action's happening in the moment, and it's it's just it's completely a lost art. It, these are just they're they're so fucking great in their pacing and the way the action just keeps moving. Then it lets you breathe. Then it kicks back up. And it yep. lets you breathe. It's amazing. What's what's great is it's perfect. That's perfectly stated, Greg, because. There are moments in here where they do give you a little bit of breathing room, but it's not for long. And like that moment when the Falcon, we'll get to it, when the Falcon's like hanging on the back of the Star Destroyer. Those moments like that where it's like, okay, 
what's the next move? Let's take a second. Let's refocus. Boom, they're off and going. And like something all instantly happens. And we'll, we'll get to that, but it's also, it's amazing. You're right. The pacing in these films are perfect. Just so, so good. Yeah, and this one is like two hours and 18 minutes or two hours and 14 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and A New Hope is over two hours as well, so... But it doesn't feel like a two-hour-plus movie. No. You're moving all the time. Yeah. Now we got R2 with a little more blue in him this time than last time. <laughs> I think all the space shots in A New Hope, until they re like cleaned everything up, had this like black and chrome look. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, he does look very blue here. Yeah. I was going to say, that's what it is about 3PO in these movies that I don't hate as much in, uh, you know, the original trilogy is that he's not chromed out. He's not super shiny. You know, he looks like he's been through some shit. Whereas you see him in the rest of the movies and he's like high polished. You know, you know what else, what else it is for me is in the other films, certainly the sequels, they treat him with reverence and I get it. We all know him. We all have grown to love all these characters. But in this one, Han does not like him. <laughs> and I like that there's that banter. Between, he's like, I don't like droids. And 3PO is kind of a punk ass to him. So he treats him pretty badly. And it's kind of funny the way they, they have that interaction. Yeah. That he that he would be I'm, bitchy to a character that's so loved by by, by children like yes. children love through PO and Hans you know yeah. like smacking him around a little bit yeah verbally sorry I, lo- I love the acting by the uh, by the uh, officers on the deck of the star star destroyer uh. we just saw as the two star destroyers come close to crashing together one guy literally throws himself on the ground as they're simulating <laughs> crashing into each other that was a little Star Trek. Um, yeah, original series, uh, like, <laughs> hold on! <laughs> Everyone moves to one Back side. to the left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is where you really fall in possibly, love with, with, with the Falcon. Yeah, it's this a, movie, uh, I think. Possibly yeah. the greatest piece of Star Wars music in in the entire series oh yeah possibly I, I, I think they both be. for that yep it's it's a tough call because this reminds me so much of the TIE fighter chase sequence in A New Hope this moment mm-hmm. but yes it's more dramatic going into the asteroid field is that what you're talking about Greg yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 you, you, you know you can't watch this without I can't watch it without hearing the music in my head yeah you know it's just it's just there it's it's part of the uh, it's just part of the narrative of the film. Yeah. You know, you you can't escape it. Um, having seen it so many times, and, and I I can probably come pretty close to humming it. You know, I'm not going to do it, <laughs> <laughs> but a- along with you know, and picking up the cues along with the the action in, in you know just in my head. It's it's. Um, it just adds so much to the action and to the to the drama um, that we're that we're viewing. Also, all that intensity and that emotion that's building up with the music, we do get to see the first Tie Fighter hit an asteroid, and the guy literally is spinning on fire out of the cockpit. Oh, he is. I oh, yeah. That. I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh my god, it's one of the funniest things. 
You see really? him twirling off to the, the like the pilot. Bottom. Yeah. Ah. So great. I'll have to look for that next time. Yeah. This this sequence is just. Yeah, this is awesome. Fantastic. Conveniently, like, the Falcon is shaped like a uh, hamburger. Again, yeah, I know. Again, also giving a lot of credit to the editing, the filming, the style, the technique, something that I still feel was lacking in the sequels. We'll get to this when we get to the sequels, but whenever there were great Falcon moments, minus The Force Awakens, because I still give that a lot of props, mm -hmm. although there are a couple moments after rewatching it that are kind of border on like, yeah, eh, not quite right. But still a pretty fun sequence. This is amazing. Watching how everything was edited and put together right there. Right. Great, great sequence. Yeah. And then, of course, we have Dagobah coming up on uh, on Luke's viewfinder. So I have a funny moment with this. We all know that Luke is supposed to be the greatest pilot ever, right? Next to Anakin. But he can't fly himself into the atmosphere of this planet Worse shit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, how does he well, crash cloudy. land? How do you well, fly in clouds? How does it even happen? We've all driven in fog. I mean, come <laughs> on. And the dude's got the force. I don't have the force. And I can he's, figure this he's out. He's going to start the landing cycle here. Hold on. Just hang on. Yeah. The force doesn't help parallel parking, Scott. Oh, that's not how the force works. <laughs> He's like, oh, crap, I, uh, I landed in a uh, <laughs> swamp here. <laughs> Whoops. I do like his response here. Yeah. He manages to thread the, thread the needle between all those trees. So there, <laughs> there's your force at work there. So you okay. Got, That's got the force. <laughs> and and you got to land in the muck. So. Gotcha. I gotcha. And if the sentiment of him right now sitting in that cockpit just fucking pissed yeah yeah that's, i love that's that exactly scene. what you feel like when you when you drive drive head first into a swamp you know i did i i i was just thinking when he threw the he took the gloves off and threw them down nico that that's that's a little window that we still this is still the whiny ass luke you know he he's still not the mature he's not close to the jedi that he will become yet he's still he's still kind of on the uh you know, I want to go pick up some moisture evaporators. You know, he's still that kid. He he's not quite there where he needs to be yet. You know, I saw somebody, uh, somebody posted something about R two, um, and how Luke is always telling him to stay with the ship, and R two never stays with the ship <laughs> when he tells him to like stay behind. Yeah, but. Then the reasoning was the last time R2 stayed with the ship was when Anakin told him to stay with the ship on Mustafar. Yeah. And then that's the last time somebody told him to stay on the ship and then Anakin never came back to him and mm. then shit went down. So now R2 feels like he has to stay with whoever he's with to uh, to keep all hell from breaking loose. Wow, that's mm. that's a great observation. I like that. Yeah, and he did obey Anakin when Anakin told him to stay with the ship. And yeah, that's ooh, that's that's a good one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. 
Here's here's a okay. I like Nico's obser- observation. I'm going to go into a more negative approach on this because the thing okay. that bugged me forever is R2 pops up with a little sensor scope and wheels himself out yep. until the swamp creature eats him. Right. Yeah. Later, the ship hasn't moved. Right. The ship's in the same spot. That's a big ship compared to the size of R2, and he's underwater with a scope that's probably no more than two feet coming out of his head. Let's say 18 inches max. Are you bringing logic into this? I am. Okay. That same exact spot he's underwater wheeling around on, that entire ship eventually sinks <laughs> underneath the water. Yeah. So did he just happen to be on that one ledge just perfect? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yes. All right. Maybe he was. What if you know, he was floating? Yeah, you know how he's got his little side jets. Maybe he's using the side jets oh. to, to kind of hover in the middle of the water. So we did get the side jets. We just couldn't see I'm it. Retcon the hell out of this shit because I love me some R two. <laughs> Don't mess with R two, man. Oh, no, you mess with three PO. He is a talented mofo. That's oh, all. I, oh, how cool was that just now to see a little bit of uh, the Vader skull? Yeah, yeah. That was such a revealing moment it in was. 1980. My God, we were all freaking God, out about that. Want to see more? Oh yeah, we were all like, "What the hell? What's under there?" <laughs> it was. I want that ship. No excuses. So I have that thing. There was an the actual. Yeah, there's a toy meditation thing that oh. comes and it actually ha- it's in it like a giant plastic, so you can keep it inside like a clamshell type thing. And there's a lever that came out of it, so you can actually keep it sealed. Invader sitting on that throne. I've seen it. I've seen the toy. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> this is great. You know, I think Han, uh, Harrison Ford looks a lot like Alden Ehrenreich in that scene right there. Oh, no. Nico's going to freak very out. Very <laughs> angular jaw. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have his hands on his hips, but. You know, I see. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, hmm. I am probably gonna get some raised eyebrows from this one, but uh-huh. I feel like Alden Alderike, Alden Halter, yeah, that guy, Halden uh-huh. uh, <laughs> hands on my hips, um, almost looks more like Luke in the Han Solo movie, mm-hmm. and. The actor that they got to play Luke for the cameo in Mandalorian almost looks more like Han. That guy was digital. Well, yes. The actor. There is an actor that's playing him, and they just digitally removed his his head. Well, if they digitally remove his head... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how can you look like yourself if they they're, they're, photos. <laughs> they're actually photos of them <laughs> he's huh. a real person with a real face all right well i mean these are you know handsome dudes with you know square jaws and cleft chins and well, until Mark Hamill filmed Corvette Summer and just got his face all messed up. Right, that's true. Right. By the way, go see Corvette Summer. It's fantastic, oh, cheesy I film. Seen it in years. I have seen it, though, <laughs> but it's been probably 20 years. That car in that movie is so bizarre looking. It looks like it's right out of Death Race 2000. Oh, and here we have Yoda. Oh, my God. Master Yoda. First, yep. First sighting. First Look sighting. at that toe. That middle toe on his yeah. left foot is just yeah. Needs so a manicure, gross. yeah, pedicure, 
Manny Petty. All right, I know we're go- we need to get into some Yoda here. Uh, it's yeah. Well, where, where do you want to go with this? Because I can go totally different. Uh, well, you go ahead. I'm still formulating my thought. I, it, you know, knowing now what we know about him and how he got to Dagobah, this is some crazy shit for me. Like, I feel like he hasn't seen anybody for a long time, mm. and he's just like a little bit. Well, but he's been communing with. Qui-Gon and okay you, know. you haven't seen any normal humans for a while or people and you're talking to a dead guy yeah for I don't know 10 plus years maybe it's fun to watch this now with that knowledge like before because the transition of him suddenly calming down after messing with Luke all this time right was very interesting to me as a kid. I'm like, wow, he's a total weirdo. He's totally strange, and he's goofing with him. He's getting him frustrated. Yeah. And then I kept thinking maybe, like, later on, he's testing him. He yeah. He's doing all that. Talking to Ben. Yeah. Talking and, to Ben. But then now I'm like, well, maybe he's kind of, <laughs> he's been having some moments, you know? Well, the the, the two words that, that make this character, I think, what he is, is uh, Frank Oz. Frank oh. Oz, yeah, and I, I I will also say Mark Hamill. I mean, Mark Hamill's acting chops against a puppet. You know, it's like these actors that do a great job with, you know, the CGI movies. They're yeah. like acting against nothing and yeah. looking at a green screen and reacting to it. Yeah, I, I imagine that to be really hard, and to have Mark Hamill have a dialogue with this puppet. And make it seem like the puppet is real, and you're you're looking at Mark's responses to Frank Oz, uh, you know, obviously providing the voice um, and the movement and the movement. Um, it just between Frank Oz and Mark Hamill, they made Yoda seem real. Oh yeah, and and again, I'm going to back up the joking aside. Frank Oz deserves huge. Huge respect here because oh, yeah. all the other puppet films that were kind of coming out around this time, like we saw Willow not too long after this mm-hmm. in the mid eighties, I believe, um, you know, and Jim Henson was originally sought after to do this part. That was one of the big things. And he turned it down because of another project that he was working on and said, I've got this guy, Frank Oz, who would do this. And th- he came in and made that puppet, a real character like go to any of those other films and they're fun to watch but it there are moments that kind of take you out it's like that's definitely a puppet by the way really quick i just have to yes knowledge the scene here yeah i love when han looks back we have to replace the negative power coupling and he looks back at 3po yeah <laughs> so I, just, I love that little humor sorry i didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought i just it's one of my favorite little shots at 3po so and yes we're also, and take we're also, apart <laughs> we're also getting our me too moment here oh right yeah there's a, yeah. There's a little gropey gropey going on with the yeah, a little bit I, he does play it off pretty smooth though that's one thing i think harrison ford kind of gets not get i don't want to say gets away with it but the way the character is with the whole smuggler scoundrel thing but this uh, this doesn't happen in a movie that's released in 2021 though no definitely not no no Mm -mm. 
He comes up behind her. Comes up behind her, kind of. There's a little feely action going on there. Yeah, and, and I know he's yeah. being smooth, but it's also like, wow. She's like pressed up against a wall. You know, it's it feels a little bit, uh, I don't want to say rapey, but. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go down there. Are we going to get does, into It does, though. I mean, he's like, you know, got her cornered. Yeah. Who's who's gonna bring up the midi chlorians? No midi chlorians here, Steve. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's an inside Excuse joke. Me, because... sir? Excuse me, sir. You're having a moment. Let me ruin it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking three PO. Yeah. Damn him. Fucking three PO. Oh, I love this too. I want to go back to Yoda just for a second because I didn't really uh I didn't yeah, really we say didn't, much during the whole Yoda. We didn't finish but that. There is there is a interview with uh with mark hamill and and really buying into the fact that yoda's alive is there there on on set and everything like that and he just he felt bad every time they would yell cut yoda would die right in front of him <laughs> oh the puppet would just be like <laughs> oh that's horrible okay i have to also acknowledge the sequence vader's having a little conference call with all of his uh his admirals oh, and yeah. uh literally does not flinch as one of his guys gets completely Completely wiped out by an asteroid. I'm like, right. yeah. Yeah. You oh, could- now this is our first uh, shot. We're about to see the Emperor for the first time. I remember very distinctly being in the theater and thinking, oh, shit, who does Vader kneel down to? Yeah. Like, oh, this guy must be a badass. And I can't remember exactly, but they changed some of this dialogue. A little bit. There's a little tweak to it when they reshot this with mm. uh, Ian McDermott playing the Emperor here because mm. it was somebody different before. There was a twist on Not that. Not the original. Uh, thank you, special edition version. So Yeah. Does he say Anakin Skywalker? Maybe that was it. I, I think it's something minor like that that gives that connection there. He calls him Son of Skywalker, doesn't he? he? Just calls him Son of Skywalker. Son of Skywalker. That's it. Yeah, there it is. Let's not uh, become a Jedi. Uh, Literally two seconds too early for your own good. Damn, hitting it right on the money. Mm. Well done. Okay, and you know, I know a lot of the changes. We could talk about all that stuff too, but this was one I didn't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not horrified by it but just to get that little tweak in there i get what they're trying to do watch what r2 does here this is the little human look how see that little how he looks he just wants to see in and he lifts himself up yeah that's all Irvin kershner there yeah totally i I love that little shot it just adds so much humanity to r2's character and and to what you said earlier steve this is a ton of credit right here for mark hamill this is where humanizing this moment feeling the real frustration he's feeling he's anxious he wants to meet this person he doesn't realize it's yoda he's in full whiner mode here he pulls this off yeah beautifully so right yeah oh, and yeah. i i love the r2 moment where he tipped like gets up on his tiptoes there on the two things yes plus i love the fact that he's been in mud and swamps all day and he's kind of getting a bath while he's out there but too. he's he's like the puppy that wants to come inside and yeah. he's like looking out the window looking inside uh the window yeah this uh, this whole set I'm right sure here chamber pot too that i don't think that's food i think that's the chamber pot is i think what that is <laughs> <laughs> oh that makes sense oh, it's like yeah. messing with him 
mm, eat my shit you just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this right here when we're talking about chamber pots and shit. But yeah. <laughs> and there he stands in front of him. See? I've been Yoda the whole time, you little bastard. Yeah. You know, and we never get a chance to see freewheeling free free Yoda ever again. He's always this serious, backwards-talking Yoda from here on out. Yeah. I, I want to see like Yoda cutting loose and just like getting drunk in a bar somewhere. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Well, we, we did get the seagull song, which was kind of fun. <laughs> not not. We canon. get a uh, a Yoda miniseries after the Obi Wan miniseries. Do you think? Figure out what Yoda was doing on Dagobah for a decade by himself. <laughs> I want I want a Yoda series just to find out if uh, Yoda's the father of uh, Gro- Grogu. Of Grogu. Yeah. Well, if anybody is reading the High Republic series, um, Yoda does make a. It's a series, and I and I think it's a series of novels. But I'm specifically referring to the uh, the Marvel Comics High mm. Republic series that's out. There is a young Yoda that's making appearances in that. It's about the uh, really the 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 heydays of the Jedi Council and the Old Republic, the High Republic. I guess it's good they're going to be calling it. So. Oh man, I might need to plug into uh, that. So so do they talk about how many years before the battle of yavin it is or do they give you any clues uh you know off the top of my head i don't know uh but it is several hundred years before so you know yoda being 900 years i'm guessing he's probably about 400 he's middle-aged yeah yeah driving a red corvette or a silver convertible porsche something like that (laughs) we've got like a yoda mullet you know it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been an episode if we unless we get a shot at the Porsche's convertible Porsche drivers. And we get a new uh, Tie Fighter here. We get the Tie Bomber. Yeah, yeah. Tie Bomber, which didn't make it to toy to uh, to actually toy model until the mm. new series, but just a variation of Vader's bent wing Tie Fighter, which mm-hmm. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I want to say this sequence, we're in the cave of the asteroid right now, and we're going to see the Minox here, which yeah. scare the living shit out of Carrie Fisher. Right. Uh, it's still hanging in my car right now. Thank you so much, Steve. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. I, I, saw, I saw those. I had to get those for you. <laughs> I hang mine on the front of my computer. Nice. Oh, let me see it. Oh, yeah, that's solid. <laughs> yeah, just for you listeners, I got, yeah. uh, got these guys each a Minox with a suction cup for a for their face so you can stick it wherever uh wherever there's glass or you know wherever the sun don't shine but you, it'll stick it'll st- it'll uh it'll stay wherever you stick it i love this also this moment where they just bolt right out oh, and grab great. these these masks but this was one of the mailaways on the uh empire strikes back figures if you cut out the little um Proof of purchase on the back of the cards. Mm. You could get a special pack of the masks, the masks, and all that stuff. You get great. a little bonus thing. I love how the masks uh, made an appearance in um, the Force Awakens. Yeah, a yeah. very brief, but they were there in in the Falcon with Ray and and uh, Finn. Right, so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know I do have a bunch of masks in my collection of action figures. I do have a bunch of them still. 
You nice. do. Nice. I was going to say, what gets me about this scene is that they're on it. So they're on an asteroid, right? Yeah. And it's like they're in the mouth of an asteroid. They earn, you know, it's, I mean, we find out, spoiler alert, it's a big worm. Right. But they're not on a planet with atmosphere or any real significant, you know, gravity or anything. And yet they're just standing out there with gas masks. Like, well, they're inside. Maybe a mile or two away from open space. Yeah, but I think, you know, like any, like technically the moon doesn't have atmosphere, but there is something like you don't just fly away from the surface of the moon. There is enough. There of, is some atmosphere there. The mass, right, of the the size that of that must the, be a big ass asteroid. In other yeah. words, Nico, there must be enough. That's what I'm saying. Enough yeah. atmosphere there to to protect them from the hazards of space. And this is a big ass yeah. worm right here. <laughs> so These one year, have teeth too. So one, yeah, yeah. One year at celebration, they sold um, the a worm puppet. Yeah, that you could reach out and. I did not buy one. You guys would be proud of me. Oh, I would have bought one. You know, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. probably one of my favorite robot chicken Star Wars episodes scenes. Is after the falcon flies out of the worm's mouth, and then there's another worm like in another hole right next to it. We're <laughs> just talking to each other. <laughs> oh my god. So I I have had a dilemma for probably the past decade. About I'm this. about to share it with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. About worms? No. <laughs> about Yoda holding on to Luke's back there. Okay. So you know what? Uh, if you've been to Disneyland, they sell backpacks that look like Yoda. Right? <laughs> okay. Greg, I know I know you know what I'm talking about, right? And Nico, if you guys have been there, you know, you've seen those. They sell them in the Star Wars uh in the uh, in the store that as you exit um, the Star Trader, Star Tours, yeah, Star Trader, exactly, yeah, yeah. sixty bucks. What? Yeah, fifty nine ninety five or whatever. Wow. T- to get a uh, a Yoda that that's a backpack. Okay. And uh, I've always thought, what a great Halloween costume that would make. I could be Luke training on Dagobah. Oh yeah. And I could wear the Yoda backpack. So I have literally picked it off the wall like five times. Yeah. But I can't, I can't, I can't, I I can't spend 60 bucks on a Yoda backpack. (laughs) (laughs) So next time I go, (laughs) should I get the Yoda backpack or not? What do I do? Well, I'm going to encourage you, but I'm also going to give a little cash on the side because they also oh, yeah. have a new mug. Give me a little something. At Galaxy's Edge. I, That's not going to help me with the Yoda backpack. But I'm, I'm encouraging you to go get it. I could put the Yoda, the mug in the Yoda backpack. Exactly. Okay. By the way, the mug Ooh. is the emblem on Boba Fett's shoulder. It's the oh, skull. Cool. Oh, uh, the, um, the skull? Yeah. The, um, Whatever. Um, Oh my god! I can't. Oh, we're it. so lame. Yeah. It's late, and we're going to even be technically introduced to Boba Fett here. Um, so this scene, uh, I I just want to interrupt real quick here. I have a similar dilemma with that Tauntaun sleeping bag. So I, <laughs> oh, I, 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 okay. Similarly, because it's a, such a genius marketing idea slash product, 
but what would you ever really do with it? When right. would I ever sleep in a Tauntaun sleeping bag? I have and an I answer to that. I have an idea for a costume, but are you going to walk around every day with a Yoda backpack? No, not. never. So. No, no, no. Never. Wear it once. Greg, I have an answer to that. Every day you're going to be sleeping <laughs> in that. I would bring that to bed, and yeah. my wife would freak the fuck out. <laughs> because isn't that the one that has an actual lightsaber that is the zipper? To get in, it's a you... zipper, it's a lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> when you open it up, it looks like entrails on yes, the inside. It's so yeah. awesome! That's where yeah. you just got to yeah. look at at your spouse and say, "This is this is what you have to accept." All right, so Luke is here <laughs> in the in the magical tree in the the force tree, and he's about to um, have a challenge. Yes. By the way, now, question. Yeah. Now, oh, now look at the walls here. Suddenly, it's not a tree. It looks more like some sort of a structure. Yeah. And uh, I was okay. gonna say that that lizard and that snake are those the only like Earth, real life mm. animals we see in the Star Wars universe? Oh, There's a snake in um, in Yoda's uh, little hut there too. Yeah. But I'm saying in these and mo- in, in this movie, right on Dagobah, because mm. like. The, all the other animals we see are all fantastical, right? They're yeah. all mm-hmm. made up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this vision sequence, this moment, yeah. mm-hmm. I know they tried desperately to get it similar feel or whatever in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Was it Last Jedi? Or, yeah. Yeah. I... I I'm sorry. This is this is powerful. Mm-hmm. Seeing Luke, Luke you know the Funhouse Hall of Mirrors with Ray and the other ones just doesn't come close to cutting off Vader's head and seeing your own face and vision inside the helmet, which is was genius. Yeah, for this moment, it it it's it really suggested that there's some depth to the story that. Yeah, really. There's there's some stuff brewing below the surface that have not has not been revealed yet. Yeah, right. Oh. I mean, up to up to up to now, it's been oh, here we go. We got some bounty hunters. Sorry, man. I we know, got bounty I know. hunters. Uh, uh, up to now has not been revealed, uh, but we're on to bounty hunters. <laughs> <laughs> we got boss. Yeah, got some boss toes. Yeah, boss. Yeah. Some four. Um, some IG88. Yeah. Dengar yet? Has Dengar showed up? He's got to be. We, There's part of him right there. There he is. There's yeah. his backpack. Yeah. Dengar, yeah. We had, uh, we had one shot was of. Is that Z- the no disintegrations? Yeah. 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 We had Zuckus in there, that kind of weird C3PO. Oh, no, 4LOM, right? 4LOM is the C3PO looking thing with the bug eyes. So the current crossover series in the Marvel Comics Star Wars universe right now is the War of the Bounty Hunters. And basically what the War of the Bounty Hunters is, and I thought this is, I, I, I still feel it's kind of a great story. It's just getting started, so I'll keep you guys updated because I am following it, mm. is after Boba Fett captures Han Solo on Cloud City and en route to... Uh, Jabba's palace on Tatooine he actually loses possession of Han Solo in the Carbonite and it's a battle of who's going to be who's going to they're basically passing the football back and forth amongst the bounty hunters of who's going to be capturing 
or Han Solo and taking him to Jabba. Okay. Kind of cool. So oh, we got to talk about this moment, but that's I got to come back to that, Greg, because that's really interesting. They're doing that. I, yeah, I that love really fun. being they're getting chased right now uh, in the Falcon by a Star Destroyer. Uh, and Captain Nita is not going to survive this. So I'm just saying because he, <laughs> he just lost the Falcon. But right. um, I do love the moment. They're like, turn around. We're just going to go head on against a Star Destroyer. Such a great moment. When I was a kid, that was like, no way are they going to do this. And I love how they pulled this off. Right. And then immediately doesn't he say, uh, you know, Vader's on the phone. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, I need to tell him in person. Just get me on my ship. And he takes right. off. That's right, 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 right. Um, Greg, that's interesting you brought that up because they actually told that story. Um, there was a moment where Bosk and IG-88 kind of team up and steal the cargo. And I'm I'm curious, and that's obviously not canon now. So this war of the bounty hunters sounds interesting to me. And Bosk and IG88, like I say, the story is just getting started, so it may be similar in what happens and what going forward. But Bosk and IG88 are major players, as is uh, Zuckus and uh, and Dengar as well. Okay. Dengar actually working kind of on the sly with Boba Fett, but kind of plotting behind his back too. Ah, so if they're in it, I wonder if it's going to be like you said, similar. Because they do introduce you to IG-88's uh, ship, the IG-2000, which is a cool-looking ship. And and repeat that series. What's the name of the series? And it's a Marvel comic? So it is a Marvel comic. Uh, it's called War of the Bounty Hunters, and it's a crossover series. So there's a War of the Bounty Hunter series, and it crosses over into all the current ongoing books uh, right now as well. So there's a... As far as ongoing books, there's Star Wars proper. There's the Darth Vader series. There's the Doctor Aphra series, mm, um, yeah. who's a character that was introduced mm. recently. Mm. Uh, and then there is the Bounty Hunters uh, book as well. There's a book that's just called Bounty Hunters. So it's a crossover amongst all four of those, and as well as its own ongoing series that's just about to start um, here, coming up in early June of 2021. Nice, fun. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. We got uh, life lessons that are being taught right now. That's by right. Luke trying and ultimately uh, about to fail to raise his ship. Seriously, I don't know how many times I got smacked around by my parents for saying, you must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> they get they got really mad when I used to say that all the time. It's occurred to me, how many times has this ship been underwater? Right? I mean, it was uh, it's underwater here. It got it was underwater for years, apparently on uh, yeah Octu Octu. Yeah, bless you, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's funny because the name of the island sounds like a sneeze. <laughs> Somebody get Steve another beer. Um, he needs another beer over here. <laughs> I mean, so. These things can survive in the vacuum of space. Why that's, that's why would point. they be able to yeah. work underwater? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Getting some airtight. Uh, Yoda laying down some serious uh force knowledge here. It is getting Not late. This crude and, matter. We're getting airtight jokes here. Oh my god. <laughs> As Greg drops, joke right now. As Greg drops the airtight reference with, with yeah. Yoda waxing poetic about the Force, <laughs> did look kind of funny. <laughs> you want the impossible? 
No, Greg can always drop an inappropriate reference in the wrong spot. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, yeah. I'm just talking about the craftsmanship of the uh, yeah. X-Wing fighter and its ability, its ability to retain its own internal atmospheric pressure. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Where's my rim shot sound effect when you need it? <laughs> there we go. I got it. I, hook, hook me up. my soundboard up and running. That's okay. We don't have sounds tonight. It's all right. So it makes me wonder, like, every shot of R2, even after the rainstorm, he is just caked in mud. Yeah. So that dude's getting around on Dagobah, where Yoda and Luke look very clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because they can step over the branches. R2 has to fucking roll like a log. Hey, hey, he's got trying jets. Trying to get around stuff. He's got he's got rockets. Jet. He's got those little rockets. Yeah. He does. Maybe he's out of you know what? He used those in the first three movies extensively. Maybe he's out of fuel and nobody filled him up again. Oh, there you go. There you go. We don't actually see him use those until episode three, right? That's right. Uh no, I'm sorry, two. The, use them in up two? Yeah. In Attack of the Clones. Okay. In the little the Geonosian droid factory. He uses them oh, there. you're yeah. right. Yep. I was thinking um, in Ep three in the dock in the bay when he lights the super battle droids on. Yeah, yeah. Torches them with the oil. He does that too. Yep. Now, did you have the uh, X-wing fighter covered in the Dagobah swamp grass and stuff? Yeah, I think it's that one still up in my uh, yeah. Rancho, Rancho Obi Wan South. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I uh, only the only X-wing I had was the original Star Wars one from from seventy seven. Yeah. My my apologies. Are you talking about the original? The, the original was there? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure what was released. Was there a 97 re-release? Yeah, there was a one that's that size and actually has chunks of swamp that hang off the wings. Yeah, that's yeah. the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, those guys got more time in this movie. I thought they were just shoot the Death Star gunners, but mm. they're also the dead body cleanup guys. <laughs> dead body cleanup guys. The big I love how they run I up. I wonder what just... the pay's like. Yeah, where do they take those guys? <laughs> Is there like they throw them in the trash, tra- trash chute? Yeah, they the must, trash right? Chute. Uh, they gotta it's feed a, the creature. It's a, it's another reference back to Robot Chicken where they just take him in the back and throw a mustache on them, and then they come back as another. As another. <laughs> 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 They're all faking being choked to death and dying, and then they just get a mustache and come back as somebody else. <laughs> this is great with the the Falcon. Yeah, attaching uh, Han, attaching the Falcon to the back of the uh, Star Destroyer. Finally, Han does something right and flying the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah, I do love. Oh, I didn't realize he has a seatbelt on. That's awesome. Who does? Three PO. Yeah. Three PO. Safety first, man. <laughs> he learned from the first movie when he got thrown around. <laughs> He's in like a pile of wires. Lando. So good. I love this. 
He's a gambler. He's a scoundrel. You love him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the, the history with Lando and Han. And I, I love that they explored it in uh, in Solo, which which in retrospect, uh, I I think is 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 a is a fun movie. I still I enjoy that movie. I'll put it on. I put it on a couple times in in the last six months, just like on a Saturday, and you know, I like it. It's not a terrible movie. Uh, it, it gets a, it does get a lot of hate. But yeah, yeah, I I really enjoy the shit out of it. I I'm you know unabashedly so as well. I still think it's fun, and I and I think Dave posted to the thread our our group thread the other day that they're actually moving forward with a solo series. No idea who's going to be in it, but I'm I a for one am excited about series. that. That like television, Disney Disney. That's Plus. what I hear. Yeah, really. Oh. Well, that I mean, I think there was an idea for the solo too, right? To continue uh, that story, so maybe they'll just translate it over to Disney Plus. That's not a bad idea, since it's doing so well with all the other series. But um, real, real quick backup is we do get to see our first look at Slave One right there. So it was a oh, right. huge flying out with the rest of the junk, yeah, and the Falcon. Oh, thanks for sharing that uh, High Republic uh, cover, Greg. That looks awesome. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, wow. Bow show. That's, that's a, pretty cool. That's pretty badass. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Boba Fett. And, and uh, you know, Empire didn't get as much of an upgrade as the other films did. But one of the things that still disappoints me, and I know they're trying to keep the continuity going, is when they do reveal his voice. I think we've already heard it on the deck of the, the Star Destroyer. Um, that um, I think comes up later. Actually, I don't think it's happened yet. Oh, he doesn't say anything. Oh, he says something back to Vader, doesn't he? When he says no disintegrations, doesn't he say something to him? Maybe not. It's been a we while. We just saw it here, but yeah. But it's it's a little dark secret for people playing the home game is that we do, we're watching this without sound as if we're not nerds enough as it is we're watching this without sound right now <laughs> <laughs> and we know the dialogue um yeah they, they replaced the voice of boba fett with uh tamira tamira morrison is that how you pronounce that yeah yeah mm-hmm. i believe so <laughs> and and no knock towards him i just there was something really kind of scary about that original voice not knowing who he was. So I have not heard. Is there is there a original video with with the original voice before they replace it with Timur Morrison? Yeah, I mean you can get the um, Greg. What are those things called? The uh, laser disc. Well, yeah, um, certainly. Yeah. I was like the bonus features. I was gonna I was gonna go with the despecialized editions. But... Oh, okay. But yeah, eight track, oh, the specialized edition. Yeah. So oh, okay, I've got that. I've I know we give George a lot of shit about these special editions here, but if there's one, there are a couple things I really enjoy. I mm-hmm. I, I like the I really enjoyed in A New Hope the upgraded Death Star battle. I really enjoy in Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back mm-hmm. the look of Cloud City. Yes. Um, yep. It's such yep. 
a major improvement over what it was in the original version here. This, like, is... When you think a city in the clouds, you think there should be windows. There shouldn't everything shouldn't just be walls and just static wipe everything around you. Yeah. You know, you want to see yeah. vast environment and such a major improvement here. Uh, uh, again, got to give them credit that this was actually a great play making it this way. Yeah, I I agree. I like how uh, one they added to the fly-in moment when they land at the platform, but also to what you're saying, Greg, the moments where we get to see them walking around and they opened up walls and by putting windows in and you get to see that just beautiful background scenery. It does lighten this moment because this, this actually was kind of a scary moment when you didn't know who Lando was and it, there's this intense moment between them. It, there is a darkness to it, even though it is kind of like precursoring the moment that happens with Lando. But yeah, the whole... Mm-hmm. Cloud City and the look of everything. It's just that look right there. Yeah. So iconic. It's beautiful. Ralph McQuarrie you know, all the way. The th- yeah. The thing that really got me about Lando uh was when he first says Han's name. Han. Yes. Han. Yeah. Buddy. Like who why? Where did that even come from? Right. Why does he call him Han the whole time? Now, to his credit, Donald Glover in the Han Solo Star Wars movie, yeah, he tracks with that and calls him Han and pronounces it the same way in that entire film also, which is great. I'm, but yeah. it annoys me. And I, I agree with you because I think somebody also calls Leia Le- Leah. It might even be Lando. But my thing is, the way I saw it is that that's like an accent thing. Mm. Wherever he is originally from, it's just how he pronounces it. Like, we'll pronounce something wrong when we know. Like, people will say my last name different because it looks like it's from a different area. So I'll get that advanced sky or something like that instead of advanced ski so it's no big deal to me after i kind of figured oh different characters say things just a little bit differently but i don't know maybe that's that's what i was going for there yeah i love this i love these moments here where we get to see the backgrounds through the openings and the windows it just it opens everything up yeah it's this this sequence is beautifully shot and I do love the additions here. I gotta I didn't really think about it before, Greg, but I think you're right. I I your assessment is spot on. I, I love the additions to the battle, the Death Star battle and the additions here work too. For, it, for the ninety seven re releases. Ichuta. How rude. And this is one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars right here. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this moment. It's so beautiful. Oh, no. Oh, so wonderful. Yes. <laughs> such a such a sadist over I'm there, right? Just <laughs> <laughs> nah, three PO's three PO's all right. In this film. I like how right here Yoda too is like, oh no, please no, don't go, stop. You have to stay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like he already knows what's gonna happen, but 
another really funny deleted scene that it's not even a deleted scene it's an outtake actually is as luke is reaching into one of the engines to pull out one of these snakes that has crawled up in there the snake is as is a real snake and actually bites him as he's pulling it out oh, <laughs> oh my god and he says he says oh my he goes the fucking snake bit me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, Yoda is does not look um, really pleased, and he's he's kind of like almost uh, too easily just giving in here, doesn't it? He's like not very not trying very hard. Yeah. You know, when nine hundred years you reach, let's let's see if you know. If you care, we should. <laughs> I, you know, I get it, but I also feel kind of bad for him. And he's like the one arguing at the point. It's like he won't complete his training. And they're like, no, no, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I won't, I won't mm-hmm. feel, I have no fear and all that. And I'm like, yeah, look, you're, you're running, man. You're out. What gets me is that. Yoda knows, right? He just said, like, only a fully trained Jedi can stop him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why hasn't Yoda tried to stop him? He's going to send Luke by himself to go and stop him with f- complete training. But still, it's going to be just Luke to go and stop him. Why didn't Why didn't Yoda ever go? Yeah. Why didn't Obi-Wan ever go? Well, we're about to hear some controversial uh, dialogue here. This could got some uh, dual meanings now that we've uh, we we know about Leia. There is another, or is he talking about Leia? Is he talking about someone else that they know of? Who is he talking about, Steve? I don't know. Could be talking about a lot of different Jedi apparently that survived. <laughs> We're talking about Order Ahsoka. 66. Are we talking about Grogu? Can she yeah. go down that path? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I love this. Yeah. Ezra. Yeah. Ezra Bridger, because Kanan's still alive at this point. Or is Kanan dead at this point? Uh, Spoiler alert: Kanan died. But uh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, we don't know yet, right? But oh, we don't. Know. We don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, I forget. Rebels. Where does Rebels take? Rebels takes place before this, is what it does, right? Am I right there? Um, yeah, yeah, but uh, Rebels. Yeah, okay. But Thrawn was mentioned in the Mandalorian, which a lot of people speculated was. Uh, oh God, what just said? Well, sadly, I'm uh, I'm not an expert on Rebels at all. I'm that's that's one of the Star Wars properties that I plugged into only very rarely. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before, Greg. I I just. Like you, I I didn't watch much of it. Yeah, there's 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 there are a couple of good episodes, but on, on the whole, you know, it's you know, it, it it's just not as compelling to to go back and watch week after week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, there's there's the stuff with Ahsoka and Vader is really cool. The stuff with uh, Obi Wan and Darth Maul is really cool. Yep. Uh, yep. But the overall story of of Kanan and Ezra Bridger and the the rest of the gang of misfits in there, eh, it's just it's all right. Yeah, I did go back and, and yeah, I did 
watched the Ahsoka bit and um, I watched the final battle with Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul and Darth Maul's resurrected self. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I couldn't track it. I, I, it kind of, it just didn't keep my interest. Yeah. So, so back to this real quick. Do you think that little moment where they were playing keep away with 3PO's body parts, Mm -hmm. you think we get a a little sneak peek at maybe Queel? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Or in in some of these hallways. He's right here walking by. Yeah. I have spoken. (laughs) <laughs> another another great line from from Han Solo in there though when as Lando asks him if there's anything wrong with your droid he's like no why no <laughs> yes. he's he's so fucking smooth in this whole movie he's the mm-hmm. fucking best that's that always makes a Jedi such a disappointment for me is you got this guy who's just fucking has an answer for everything yeah um and then you turn yeah him, and you turn him into what he becomes into Return of the Jedi this scene here. This is incredible. I love him blocking those blaster bolts and taking Han's blaster like that. So fucking cool. Turncoat Lando. Holy shit, I just realized. No wonder the stormtroopers can't hit anything. Do you see how they're holding all of their blasters? Like in the middle of their bodies. <laughs> They hold them like dead center on their chests, like at their belly button. No fucking wonder they miss everything. Who's training these guys? Constantly firing from the hip or from the belly button in this case. From the belly button. Even <laughs> even more awkward. I was bothered by this. The noise? As, as a... As a... 12 year old seeing this movie no not not literally by the noise but by watching them being tortured yeah so so this is one of the reasons when we'll get to return we'll we'll talk about return of the jedi and i'm gonna pull in my 50 reasons why jedi sucks uh because it needs to be (laughs) talked about even though it's still a great movie um but each one of the films has a torture sequence Mm. and when you get to return of the jedi you, you have very serious torture moments with Vader torturing his own daughter. You have Han being tortured. And then you get to Jedi, and it's a gonk droid, literally, at, for your amusement. It's like a joke. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, kind of lost it there. The, uh, the, the, the heat red irons. Red hot yeah. irons, yeah. <laughs> Coming mm-hmm. down. And it's this kid, like, jokingly screaming, kind of. It's, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Han getting tortured here is... Oh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah, scream sounds. Well, part of it's in the performance too. The scream. Yeah. 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 What a way to meet your girlfriend's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, he could have just pulled I'm out just a shotgun. <laughs> I'm confused. If they shot three PO, right? Stormtroopers are the ones who shot him. Why would they give him back? Oh, they didn't. If they saw him there, why didn't Vader see three PO, recognize him, and then just like dump him? Like, why did they even give him back to to Chewie in the cell? That's because Vader has 
red lenses in his glasses, and so it made oh. not only his arm red, but the rest of him red as well. She didn't so... recognize him. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Recognize him with the red arm. Yeah. Never... Okay. All right. Let's all remember that Vader is the one that assembled three PO around thirty-five years ago. By the way. Yeah. But he he wasn't wearing he had, red goggles. He has a red arm. True. In yeah. Eyes. You he doesn't know. have a red arm right now. Red everything. <laughs> it's it's a perfect disguise. He's got red everything. Red arm is a. Is that what Nico said? He's got red everything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was I was gonna try and argue against that, but you really can't because even though he assembled them, he wasn't put together. He didn't have a body. Mm-hmm. He just had all the interior stuff. Right. He was like a skeleton. But Anakin comes back in Attack of the Clones and sees 3PO with body parts, not gold-plated. Yeah. But then in the Clone Wars, there is a moment. Okay, wait. It's not canon anymore. Never mind. What were you going to say? In the in the Gendi. The, the Tartakovsky series? Yeah. There is a moment where 3PO... Is sneaking around like a spy, and his cloak gets blown off. It's kind of a creepy moment, and he's like showing off his gold-plated armor, and and Anakin's oh. to Anakin and Padme. So I'm like, yeah, mm. why didn't he recognize him? I love that Tartakovsky series. Yeah. It's so goddamn good. It is on Disney Plus now. Yes, been rewatching it. <sighs> oh yeah, this is Lando. I love this. You know, Lando's not a two-dimensional character. I love the intensity that's this is happening. Like, the way he's talking and presenting this right now about Luke, doesn't know who he is. Mm-hmm. He's real serious. And I like that those odds, those those uh, those conditions are changing constantly with him. Oh, here we go. We were just talking about this at the our uh, friend's move. Our, uh, we were helping him out. The Bespin security guards. Oh, yeah. We missed another great, very small. You can say, you can say that it was Dave's move. You can you can say that. You said our friend, but we can say Dave. He is a guy. He's a host of this show, you know. Then I said, I'm. It's late. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dave. Dude. Dave's not here, and I. And he did not move. Actually, we were just moving some stuff. See again, it's late. Yeah, that's oh, all right. What is it? Four o'clock in the morning. But I love I love when Han <laughs> comes into the cell and Chewie picks him up, and he just he looks at you and he goes. I feel terrible. Yeah. <laughs> this is he's funny. Yeah. This set is pretty badass too. Yeah. The carbon freezing chamber. Yeah, and and back to Greg from that comment you just said Steve. Mm. Han is a badass. Mm-hmm. Just was tortured has the the greatest line comebacks for that. Totally different character in Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah. It's just so different. Well, getting frozen in carbonite, you know, your um, testosterone levels drop a lot. Is that what it is? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. It must be. The balls are the first thing to freeze. Yeah. <laughs> Shatter. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be in this ridiculous position. <laughs> yeah, this, this whole sequence, this was scary as a kid. Yeah. You know, seeing this and like, wow. So how old were you, Scott Ivansky, when this movie came out? Uh, 1980. I was eight years old. Okay, I was 12. Yeah. I was 10. Yeah. 
All right. And Nico, how old were you when this movie came out? Um, about 35 seconds <laughs> at the end of a tube sock. So, uh, as we watch this, uh, this, this battle, the, this little fight before Han gets thrown in carbonite chamber. Um, I remember sitting in the theater. First of all, we had to, there's a line around the block. Yeah. Waiting to get in. I distinctly remember waiting around the corner to, before we could get into the theater as Luke, uh, or as uh, sorry, as Leia looks up at Chewie and and uh, oh, here we go. Here's the scene. The romantic kiss. I love you. I know. I know. Oh, that's <laughs> the best. I know. That's the fucking best. Not ad hates when I say that. Not ad libbed, but uh, ad libbed before the scene. They were. I think it was. I think obviously it was going to be "I love you too." And I think they rewrote the scene on the set. Yeah. And and Harrison Ford thought it would be better for him to say I know. Um, anyway. You I, know, it, it, that is a, a long um, – that story has been around for a long time. And I'm going gonna, I'm going to assume it's true. And, and assuming that it is true, that makes Harrison Ford possibly the, gr- the greatest <laughs> – on set script rewriter ever because not only did he rewrite this scene on the fly on the set he also rewrote the scene with steven spielberg for raiders of the lost ark yes yes why don't we just shoot yeah so come on if if you're having trouble on the set just bring in fucking harrison ford because he's gonna train (laughs) seriously well the steven spielberg raider scene was great because apparently he was having like diarrhea or gi problems all day so not feeling well yeah and he was just, I just want to finish this as quickly as we can. And and Greg definitely confirmed uh, there is an interview with Kirshner talking about this scene. So, yeah. so great. Oh, yeah. And the scene of him, the shot, the way they, they built this model of Han in the Carbonite, it's so horrible. I mean, now we've all seen this and it's a little bit where I'm a little bit desensitized to it. But yeah. I remember being so sad yeah like our hero i mean everyone wants to be han solo and he's yeah he he's he's frozen in carbonite you don't know if he's gonna live or die or and and incidentally neither did the producers (laughs) quite famously right they didn't know if they were going to bring harrison ford back yeah for for jedi um i love that they use as a test subject for luke too in the freezing Mm. Yeah, it's a great plot point. It's a great, it's a great plot point. Um, I'm altering the deal. So, so first of all, waited in line, uh, and I'm really going to age myself here, but uh, it was 1980, and I was 12 years old. Um, paid 550, and I'll I'll tell you why I remember exactly how much it was to watch this movie. It was 550, and as we're sitting in the theater, pack theater, it was a matinee show. Because on on the screen, they said, "Hey, like in the in the previews before the the movie started, the the slide popped up, and it, there wasn't it wasn't a video; it was like a just a projected still, you know, announcement or whatever. Yeah. And it said, uh, "This theater mat every matinee four fifty, so mm. we paid a dollar more." To see this movie, they were overcharging everybody, and the whole theater was, you know, 
booed because we all had to pay a dollar more. <sighs> Can you believe the atrocity? Trying to make an extra buck <laughs> off the yeah. yeah, they did. Unbelievable. Yeah. You should go. You should, you should talk to that manager. You should go back and talk to him. <laughs> now I can barely buy a cup of coffee for five fifty. <laughs> With all the accoutrements and of course, that I need. So here, Leia. Everybody attributes the it's it's a trap, you know, quote to Admiral Akbar. Yeah, good but call. But Leia setting the trend. Yeah, right here in front of our very eyes. Yeah. Come up. Mm-hmm. Leia is the first one to utter its trap before Admiral Akbar. Suck it, fish people. <laughs> also, the guy right there grabbing her is Boba Fett. That's the actor, Jeremy Bullock. No kidding. Yeah. He plays yeah. the Imperial officer that grabs her okay. and hauls her into the side right there. Mm. Super, super nice guy. One of the few actors I've met from the different um, trilogies mm-hmm. at the conventions we all go to. Um, he passed away recently? Yeah. Like within the last year? Last, was it last year? Was it during the COVID I don't know if shutdown? it was during COVID, but it, yeah. it was too long. It was, it was very recently, within the, within the past two years for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was an amazingly nice guy and uh, and just loved to talk, so I was super happy to meet him. I think I met all three of the, well, I shouldn't say all three of the Boba Fetts, but the Boba, the the Fett family, Django, the young Boba Fett, and uh, what was his name, Daniel, Daniel Logan, Daniel, yeah, and uh, and Django. Jeremy Bullock uh, succumbed to Parkinson's disease on December seventeenth, twenty twenty. Wow, really recent. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, that's right, because David Prowse died before him right or right around the same very time very close yeah very close to him yep oh my goodness boy yeah finally we've got luke and vader in the epic and showdown. I, I, love, I love how vader just toys with them fighting with one hand on the saber this um, is the whole beginning of this fight Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am so glad you brought that up. That was one of the genius moves that I loved. Kirshner talked about was changing up Vader's fighting style for this, and just like you said, Greg, just toying with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's Jeremy Bullock right there in the front. Yeah, it sure is. Good call. Yeah. Look, the the Bespin security guard's got the same pimp mustache as as Lando does. (laughs) Really looking up to his boss there. Love how Chewie just immediately grabs him around the neck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Still call him Han. <laughs> Billy D. Williams, by Billy... the way, huge star. Huge yeah. star before The Empire Strikes Back. Was it was he? he was I think big? so. I mean he was pretty established. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Very established actor um, prior to this movie. 
Many a many a Colt forty five commercial. <laughs> you know it uh, works every time. So funny! I actually own a Colt forty five T shirt. <laughs> do you really? I do. It was part of my. Uh, is it Spicoli? Oh, I had a right. I had a Spicoli costume for Halloween like two years ago. So Billy D. Williams made his film debut in 1959. Jeez, in The Last Angry Whoa. Man. So yeah, he'd been acting for quite a while. Wow. Um. He was cast as Lando in The Empire Strikes Back. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Of course, Return of the Jedi. He starred alongside Sylvester Stallone in Nighthawks, 1981. Oh, yeah, Nighthawks. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. You know, real quick, this this fight is fantastic. It's probably one of my favorite ones. Yeah. I just like the way the, the overall vibe and everything's going on in this. But... That sequence where we see Vader All too easy. jump down the steps, it's shot at such an angle that I swear to God, I was like, is he flying? It looks like he's flying. It's, yeah. Yeah. So, it's really cool. He flies. <laughs> <laughs> Impressive. There's a lot of great Vader memes yeah. that come out of this fight. Most impressive. Mm-hmm. So I do love, you're right, Vader's toying with him, you know, but Vader takes a couple jabs to the face and then starts to basically like, I'm not messing around with you anymore. Starts to kick his ass a little bit here. Uh, this is a great little blooper. Watch Luke off to the side of the platform. You'll see him bounce back up on the little trampoline. There he is. Oh, you see that? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, the stormtrooper in A New Hope banging his head on the doorway always gets the laugh. Right. But I, that's, every, that's a good one. I see yeah. him pop up there. It drives me crazy. I'm like, And that's funny because they didn't need to keep it on camera that long. They no. could have cut that. Yeah. Just left it in there. Love it. I'm surprised that's something that Disney didn't cut. Putting it on Disney+. Plus. That George didn't cut. Are you kidding me? This is uh, <laughs> right. I do the special editions and everything. Right. Now here's the uh, the hallway scene that Ray sees right in her flashback uh, when yeah. she's looking at the um, when she has her flashback when she grabs the lightsaber. She sees. And I the... love how. Vader uses the environment as part of the weapon here. I mean, that's right. you know he's not just fighting. Right sabers he's like you know literally throwing kitchen sinks at him yeah um, yeah he's so mean you know <laughs> or she's or were you about to see her or, she is she seeing the uh death star no the um or the imperial the star destroyer when they're inside the the weather vane <laughs> thing stuff yeah out. i know you're just like vader is that what yeah maybe maybe this was where i went wrong as being a father i should have been throwing shit that's right shit at my son <laughs> dodge this <laughs> It'll be great in life later on. Trust me. <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? Uh, now's the time. I got to cut off your hand. I'm sorry. 
No, no. Well, there's a lot of appendages that get cut off in Star Wars, but we're we're about to see a pretty famous one here coming yeah. up in a minute. Meanwhile, our hero's still trying to escape. R2, of course, to the rescue. I wish I had an astromech droid. They're so useful. Yeah, 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 definitely. By the way, I'm going to just throw this I out mean, there. It... I never thought about this before, but not only is Cloud City a very uh, old-school Tomorrowland look for mm. me, but it also, look at these doors, gold doors with these mid-century, like, like... Oh, yeah, mid-century car... moderns all over the place. It's yeah. amazing. Oh, 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 here it comes... Ice cream, cream maker. maker man, isn't it? There, there he is. is. Will, yeah. Will Row Hood. Oh, yeah. That stormtrooper had a clear shot at Chewbacca's back right there and just missed by a mile. Yeah. That would have dramatically um, changed the, the rest of the, se- the series. Yeah. There was some light that shined off of 3PO's noggin right into his <laughs> his aspects. <laughs> So uh, kudos again to Filoni and John Favreau for taking that little, yeah. you know, literally one second shot of the guy carrying the ice cream maker, and and making it now canon that those are safes that safes that people keep their valuables in. As yeah. We saw in the Mandalorian, yeah. that's where he keeps the. Uh, that's where the the. Beskar Wolf- steel. Who's, who's the, the the Beskar steel that that yeah. the Mandalorian is trying to acquire in the very beginning of season one it's all that beskar steel is kept in one of those little ice cream makers it's yeah. a cantono a cantono a cantono it, it, it's a brilliant bit of, of retconning it really is i love how grungy the ship is and then when you see it in in solo Star Wars movie, it looks so fresh and shiny, and pristine. Yeah. I know. I love yeah. how s- somebody on Reddit posted a side by side shot of the Falcon interior, and they're like, "What the hell have they been transporting in the Falcon?" Because <laughs> it's, it's like just grungy dirt on the on the yeah. like beige leather walls or pleather. Wrath stars. Yeah. Yeah, this is where I just love Vader's like, yeah, I'm really I'm done. done. I'm done with this <laughs> toying around BS. Yeah, fucking around with all you guys. Get back here, you little shit. Yeah. Put your hand out here. <laughs> so, um, top five most famous moment in movie history coming up. You think it's top five? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In movie history? I, the, oh, yeah. the, uh, of course, the "I am your father." Yeah, moment. Yeah, one of one of the one of the, Have one to of the be, top right? five misquoted. I was gonna say right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, right here. Oh, yep. yikes! Kudos to Ray though in the sequels. I don't give them a lot a lot of credit. <laughs> she survived all three films without losing a without body losing body. an appendage. Yeah, yeah. So, oh God, I never even realized that. You're absolutely right. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, That's she's rare. a hero and did not lose an appendage. Yeah. Well, neither did Han. I mean, you know, he got it. Unless you count his, you know. Yeah. Intestinal GI tract. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't survive to tell the tale about that one. Yeah, I love this. You're and you're right, Greg. Totally misquoted all the time. But everybody adds 
Yeah, Luke's name. And one of the funnier moments when Luke or Luke when Mark Hamill was on an interview has talked about this many times, wasn't allowed to tell anybody. And when they went to the premiere, Harrison Ford leans over and he's like, "Why didn't you fucking tell me that?" <laughs> like the way he says it, it's like, and he, he does a Mark Hamill does a spot on Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, so great. Actually, I think Greg does a pretty good old Harrison Ford. Yeah, please. Old grumpy Harrison Ford. <laughs> I, I, I do Ralph Garman doing Harrison Ford. Uh, oh, that's, that's right. Okay, you do the impression of the impression. That's all right. It's it your something dis- like this. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me that that was the story? <laughs> Matte paintings just aren't used enough anymore, guys. They are not. I love all the look of the matte paintings and all these and all these scenes here. Everything's digital now. Yeah. Everything. Well, even in the cleanup, it's still the matte painting. They just cleaned it up a little bit, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. Same yeah. with practical effects. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb. I don't mind the use of CGI, but as it's been used sparingly now, less or like more so now. And using practical effects. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I loved in The Force Awakens, there were some scenes that were, you know, some pretty cool effects that were partly practical, partly digital, and you couldn't really distinguish between which was which. Yeah. And that was pretty neat. But, like, all this stuff, nowadays, like, he's on that thing. That's the only thing that's going to be practical. Everything else is going to be a CG Mm-hmm. background i love that you have a full fully operating like weather vane door here that's closing there's just more tension when you feel like he's going to mm-hmm. fall off of that stuff yeah again an- another where should go oh yeah where are oh. you going <laughs> <laughs> you only have one hand. How are you going to pry that door open? What's up with you, man? Use the force. I also I I love how um you know, Lucas always said that the Jedi or or force sensitive people aren't su- aren't superheroes. You know, they can't they are fallible. They can't get themselves out of everything. And, and this scene is is evidence of that, right? You can't just call on, you know, your 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 dead, you know, mentor, and have him come save you. You you know. Now you can call on your sister, who's also force sensitive, and she's got a spaceship nearby, and she can come. But that that's within the bounds of force logic. But you know, you're you're not a superhero. You can't just fly up and do whatever you want. You can't get saved by somebody in the afterlife. And I. I I, I, I respect that there's those rules are in place. Yeah. So real quick, that's an insert scene right there with Vader leaving. Mm. Um, added for, uh, 97 for the, the yeah, yeah. The reissue, but the, the shot of them walking out to the Imperial shuttle, mm-hmm. which we would that right there. Um, but the shot of it sitting on the landing platform just to me is another moment that looks like a Ralph McQuarrie mm-hmm. painting. Yeah. But was this like, so eight, 10, 12 years old, we're all seeing this at this time. 
uh, Nico, when you did see it finally, um, maybe around the re-release time, were you old enough when they were being re-released? It was about the same time. Yeah. I was, yeah. I mean, the re-releases were 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was seven or eight also. So when these were coming out and we're all like talking about this, Yoda says the famous line, when Leia makes that connection at that moment, did you have the moment or were you just so caught up in the moment that she's just like, they're going to turn around. Like she just has a feeling, but I mean, a lot of us as kids and friends at the time, we're already speculating that Leia was the, the force sensitive. There was the sister. I mean, that, that was just crazy when that, like her response, I think we were all freaking out over that <laughs> more than like later, like or when we figured out the whole father thing and stuff, that's shocking, but mm. holy crap, Leia's being introduced as a possible Jedi. That was crazy right there. Mm-hmm. Now, are you saying you, you had thoughts that it was going to be Leia as the other one at this time in Empire or after it was revealed for Jedi. Because no, I this, honestly thought no yeah. idea who it was going to be. I, I, I actually thought it was probably going to be Han because Han had the light was the only one, other one who held the lightsaber when he cut open the Tauntaun. Right. But when, so I, I, no, I, I can't remember later. Yeah, no, I, we were talking about her cause that moment where she can hear him, we're like, how could she hear Luke? Like that was a freak out moment for a lot of us. And we were all like, mm. could Leia be that person? That was a big thing. I mean, and we had some friends, you know, at that age, definitely had some like girls in our group that really were jazzed about that. That was something I remember specifically. Like, mm. oh, Leia's going to be like a a Jedi. I'm like, well, maybe. No, I, I don't think I ever put that together until until the next movie came out. I mean, I never thought that they would have Leia. I mean, I, I, I'm, and I'm not upset about it. I just, yeah. I, I don't think I ever considered yeah. that they would make Leia. I, I thought it would be somebody who. I, I just thought it'd be somebody else. I thought it would probably be, I honestly thought it would probably be Han, you know, back in the days of Empire. Um, it was spoiled early on, though, that it was, Leia was going to be the sister. Um, yeah. At, at least a year yeah. before the the um, movie came out, thanks to, I uh, was that, oh no, David Prowse spoiled the, the father thing prior to. But yeah, there was a spoiler about Leia being the sister, and it came out well before the movie came out. So we were all clued in. That yeah. she was the next hope, and, and I didn't think about her being the next hope. I I thought it was a familial connection, obviously, mm. but um, that they were connected somehow that way. But I didn't think about her as a Jedi necessarily. But yeah, well, they talk about somebody else, and obviously, mm-hmm. like here's this moment: Luke and Vader are having the same moment that he just had with Leia, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, I just found that really interesting at that time because I was a little bit older after seeing a new hope, obviously, and things are starting to come together. It's like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. there were, mm-hmm. there's a bigger story that's being told here. That was, that was fun. And, and the group of friends I was hanging around with at the time, we all like to like reenact and play it, you know, star Wars, not just with the figures, but we'd have like, we didn't have the lightsabers and stuff. So we'd have like broken sticks and all that stuff. And yeah. pretend like we we're Broom having handles. Yeah. Totally. And it was fun. And I just, just remember those years. Those were great times. Yeah. Yeah. And even with that, I pick on return, even though I really still love return of the Jedi for a lot of things. But, um, one of the, I traveled that year, um, 
back east to some family and we actually spray painted the green and the red and had like a full on Vader uh, Luke fight. It was great. Yeah. I went dressed as uh, Luke to a school Halloween thing and uh, teachers. It was one of those things where you walked up and they announced what you were. Yeah. On a microphone. And I walked up and uh, I had like a karate shirt on that I borrowed from somebody and oh. I had a stick that was painted like blue. Yeah. You know? And he said, and here's, she said, here's Steve. He's a karate guy. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> never. I never forgave that fucking bitch. <laughs> you just, oh, wherever she is now. <laughs> oh, I hope she's running in hell. Sorry, Mrs. Christensen. Sorry about that. <laughs> I wasn't going to name I was scarred, man. I was like, oh, really? Come on, man. I'm Luke. <laughs> that was, that was, that you was... immediately went up and whacked her right in the knee with it. Would you like to <laughs> I should have. I did, right but I should have. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. This is cool. We, we see uh, that uh, Lando's uh, stolen Han's clothes. Yeah. First yeah. of all, yeah. Let's get yeah. Lando's immediately wait, raided the wardrobe in there. He's like, fuck you. What'd you do with my capes? Yeah, right. Where's the capes? Do you think part oh. of him is like, yeah, I got my ship back. Woo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is super cool. I remember being jazzed about this. this is the, the robotic hand. Yeah. Pretty neat. You see all, the, hand, see, yeah. see all the gears moving in here and there when he uh, moves his fingers around. That's great. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got the return of the the uh, doctor droid there, mm-hmm. medical droid, two one B. All right. Chewy. Then so, you, you know, I I remember being really like upset that we didn't have a resolution. Um, going into this because i you know going into this movie as a kid i vividly remember it first time seeing it as a drive-in at at the drive-in with my family and i I remember it very well but i remember being upset that we didn't get the the resolution and i'd never really experienced a cliffhanger like this before Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and and it's kind of a trope now especially in like tv series where you know you end all the big seasons on a cliffhanger to come back you know next time um and I don't think in movies it's been done quite as even with like an an Infinity War to Endgame type scenario. I don't think it's done as well as this one. I don't think they've ever matched in my lifetime um, what they accomplished with this cliffhanger ending, just yeah. leaving me wanting more yeah. and dying to see what happens next. Right. Well, we've got two two of the arguably, um, well, certainly. I mean two of the top 100 films of all time. Yeah. Uh, the AFI has recognized them um, as, as that. And I think most film fans would, would agree that, I mean, certainly in the science fiction fantasy genre, this, these two movies that we've commented on so far have are certainly up in the upper echelons of, uh, of that group. Uh, well, guys, this was a lot of fun. Uh, what's up next? Let's see. We, we do a new hope. Empire Strikes Back. What do you think is going to come next? Uh, man. Uh, we're going to get the Phantom Menace is what we're going to do. Phantom, right to the Phantom oh, Menace. Oh, damn. 
<laughs> I am so excited for that. <laughs> I think we're going to do Jedi. We're going to go Return of the Jedi next up in about a month. Yeah. Uh, so look for that in the feed. Uh, appreciate you hanging with us for a couple of hours. You hanging with and uh, it's a lot of fun. Thanks for thanks for spending a couple hours with the Hive, and uh, we will see you again very soon. Until then, have a great couple of weeks, and uh, may the Force be with us all. 